Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When President Biden talked for the last couple months, particularly during the transition, about reopening schools within the first 100 days, mm-hmm. why didn't he ever mention the small print that that was just going to be for one day a week as the goal? Well, again, the president uh, made a set a goal of reopening the majority of schools uh, within 100 days. And we would need more <laughs> transmission lines, right? And we need offshore wind. And yes, there's fishing out in the ocean too, but, you know, there's... We can't have no offshore wind, no transmission, no solar, and have clean energy, right? So you, there's something has to give. But the comments were personal. I mean, you call Senator Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. That is not. That is not true. And when, when you when you said these things, did you mean them? That's the important thing here. My goodness, my goodness, a lot going on in the world. That is the confirmation hearing of, well, hello, of, um, sorry, that is somebody who just um, messaged me who was watching the impeachment hearings. We'll have more on that. He's a big uh, progressive. He's very much enjoying the watching the term Trump. <laughs> There's so much going on. Uh, okay, sorry about that. So, yes, uh, Neera Tandon is... A Democratic activist and a, a kind, of, kind of a mover and shaker in for um, special interest groups, and she has uh, been a fiery, fiery mean kid on Twitter for the past few years, saying mean things. She's like punched people she works with or something, <laughs> and she outed somebody who who had filed a, a, a sexual harassment complaint. She's just very nasty and just a total jerk, and mm-hmm. and I love her obviously because I I am attracted to that, and that's you don't have that, Alice. But there's something that I find very attractive about really mean bad women. But it's it's uh, something I'm working on, <laughs> and I'm not gonna uh, I'm not going to pursue uh, it uh, any further than just watching it from afar here. Mm-hmm. 
But Nira Tandon is a, a, me, a meanie, and, but she's been taking a beating here in what she uh, Office of Management and Budget. Is that what her yeah. deal is? She's been taking a beating here in Congress because she has roasted on Twitter in a very mean way. As mean as a tweeter gets, meaner than Trump. She has roasted a, a good handful of the senators who are now grilling her. So they're making sure that uh, that she feels the screws. John Kennedy, uh, different John Kennedy, is uh, from Louisiana, and he is uh, <laughs> he begins. Okay, we're gonna let me just tell you before as I keep taking exits here, mm-hmm. we're gonna go through some of the news items of the day, and then we're gonna get to a an email that we got that is a profoundly um just impactful email it was it was stunning and um and it's the it's the story of a parent of a child trying to deal with all this covid stuff and don't mm-hmm. think it, it it takes twists and turns so believe me it is not what you're thinking that just simply little johnny is is uh, missing friends and he's sick of watching screens all day mm-hmm. it, it is it is a real person's story of how, in reality, many people are hurt in ways that we don't see published or or we don't see we don't see their stories mm-hmm. told. And it just stopped Alice and I in our tracks today when we saw it. So we're going to get to that in a minute. First, let's do this housekeeping stuff. John Kennedy going after Neera Tandon today in the well of the Senate. I, I have to tell you, I'm very disturbed about your personal comments about people. Um, you know, it's not just one or two. I think you deleted about a thousand tweets. <laughs> and it wasn't just about Republicans. And I don't mind disagreements in policy. I think that's great. I love the dialectic. But the comments were personal. I mean, you call Senator Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. That is not... That is not true. And when, when you when you <laughs> said these things, did you mean them? I wouldn't have said ignorant. That's Lindsey Graham there back there saying I wouldn't have said <laughs> ignorant. So, Alice, question to you. You, mm-hmm. by the way, happy birthday today, Alice. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. You're you're entering your transition from early to mid thirties, essentially. Mm-hmm. I am thirty four today. Thirty and four. So, uh, and what did the cake we got you? What did that say for an age 36 correct, correct. <laughs> well you expect that kind of uh antic on every birthday yes good so do you which is funny because i'm not a person who's particularly offended i know and you'd think i would get age. that by now i'm but... not like it doesn't bother me because i think largely because people always think um that i'm younger than i am mm-hmm. in ways that have bothered me like when i was pregnant with our first and i was 23 years old and people were asking me if I was going to finish high school since I was having a baby and I was like I'm wearing a wedding ring I'm 23 years old (laughs) I have finished high school but thank you for your concern about me like strangers you know would ask me this really because they thought I looked like a 14 year old or something that that I was going to be on 16 and pregnant I don't know but so I've wanted to look older for a long time so you calling me saying I'm turning 40 doesn't like upset me he's been spending a lot of time on it it doesn't upset me well, particularly. Uh, but really, is it about you, Alice? Or is it about reestablishing me as a jerk? 
Yeah, you just like to find new and interesting right. ways to be a jerk, largely. So do you know what Senator Kennedy was talking about when he said, you ignorant slut? No. Okay. That is a generational thing. It's actually, it predates me really, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a Saturday Night Live skit where I think Aykroyd called Jane Curtin in ignorance. Jane, you're ignorant slut. It was a funny during the news thing. Okay. <clears throat> so if you're old like me, you'd get it. But uh, I'm sure a lot of young people, and maybe this was meant to be like this, a lot of young people probably thought, oh my God, I can't believe he said those words even around her. And I was actually a little surprised too. So, but it didn't sound like she got the reference either because it sounded like well, she, she said thought, you called him everything but an ignorant slut. And she said, that's not true. So it sounds almost like she thought that he was saying she called someone an ignorant. Or she's saying, no, I didn't call him everything. There's plenty of stuff I left uh, holstered that well, I could I have used know. on I didn't really get the reference. So I didn't. I mean, I could tell that he w- wasn't saying that she called someone that, but it still, it seemed like an odd thing to say to me. But <laughs> So now he's saying, he's saying, did you mean it? Did you mean those things you tweeted? Senator, I have to say, I deeply regret my comments. I understand that, but and when I you said them, did you them. mean them? I understand you've, you've taken them back, but did you mean them? I'd say the discourse over the last four years on all sides has Trump's been fault. incredibly polarizing. I'm asking about yours. Did you mean them? I really feel badly about them, Senator. Did you mean them? I feel badly about them. <laughs> did you mean them when you said them? I mean, I would say social media is a is is. I've Did you mean them when discourse. you said them? I feel terribly about them. Did you mean them when you said well, them? Well, there were sunspots. Were telling the truth. I I I mean, I feel badly. I look back at them. I'm I said them. I feel badly about them. I deleted tweets over. Are you saying them. that because you want to be confirmed? No. No, I felt badly no. about them. And Did no. you mean them when you said them? I love her laugh too. I'm sorry, Alice. <laughs> Senator, I, I must have meant them, but I really regret them. Ha! I want the record to reflect that I did not call Senator Sanders an ignorant slut. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't know how I should take that, Senator Kennedy, but uh, <laughs> Senator Kane. Um, thank you, Mr. So one of the more exciting hearing rooms to be in today, <laughs> and really that's this is just a standard political beating that she's taking. Mm-hmm. She's, taking she's going to be confirmed because we coughed up Georgia. Doesn't matter. That was she was absolutely not going to be confirmed, you know, right. a month ago. But she's going to be confirmed now, <sighs> and that is like. But Kennedy was not done. You were a very aggressive fundraiser for your your think tank. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I'm not suggesting you did anything wrong. Um, no, please not making that. don't construe my remarks as suggesting that. Um, <laughs> don't construe my absolute assault on you today as uh, anything that's uh, cynical. Don't construe it as an assault, please. This is just a, we're having a, a reportage. But the, no, what's not reportage? Reportage, when you have a... Um, I know what you mean, but it's not... Renoir, when you... Uh, we're having a. It's okay. Go on. It'll come. To no, me. we have to get this. We're having. Uh, this is. Um, repage. Um. Rep- what's the thing when you're talking to somebody? It's in French. I know you that you know too. I know it too, but I can't think of it a... until I, until we're talking about something else. I'm not going to think of it. Dang I, I don't man. think of things that way. I can't do it. <sighs> it has to be. I have to move on, and we're then it'll pop a... into my head later. Okay, we'll say we're having a dialogue, just for the sake of moving on past the or southern... As a, or as the senator said, a dialectic. 
Yes. He enjoys the dialectic. Yes. I liked that. There will be a perception. I'm not saying it's reality, but as no. we know in government and politics, perception matters. But there will be a perception. No, I'm not saying it'll be my perception. Yeah, we get it, <laughs> Kennedy. We get it. Just, you know, deliver the punch. Okay, we understand. That if you took Wall Street, given the money you raised from, that if you took Wall Street, turned them upside down and shook them, you'd fall out of their pockets. Um, well, that, <laughs> how are you going to deal with that? I mean, when Wall So now Street- he's trying to think of Scramble for some question because really it was all about just saying that. <laughs> yeah, you worked a long time on that line and yes. forgot to come up with something to ask her, actually. It was all about the burn during their repartee. Is that what it is? Maybe. Okay. Repertoire. No, that's different. Damn it! Comes calling and you're at OMB. Senator, at the Center for American Progress, we proposed... We did all sorts of mean stuff to Wall Street is what she's saying. She thinks well... Repartee is right. Repartee, okay. So she's going to get through whatever. She had a... She she was ready for that question. But, um, okay, what else is happening in Washington District and Columbia right now? There's a huge impeachment going on. The um the the lawyer the woman there's a woman who's a lawyer right now today and she's really good she's a really good storyteller she might have been the same one who was on with Kavanaugh I forget or the last impeachment or one of these mm-hmm. over the top uh, shows from the last few years but uh, at one point they show, they played some of the Capitol Police radio calls and these are pretty intense Intel would be advised you got a group of about fifty uh, charging up the hill on the west front. All right, just north of the, of the stairs. Uh, they're approaching the wall now. All right, they're starting to dismantle the reviewing stands and throwing metal poles at us. Cruiser 50, give me DSO up here now! DSO! Multiple law enforcement entries! DSO, get up there! All right, we're 30 seconds out. Yeah, we need some reinforcements up here now. They're starting to pull the gates down. They're throwing metal poles at us. Pretty intense stuff. Uh, also, in Nancy Pelosi's office, Pelosi had left at the time, but she had staffers in the office who had barricaded doors and hidden under one of the conference tables as the uh, invaders, as the rioters were trying to get into, were trying to get into um, her office. You can hear them huddled under the table, whispering about what's going on, and you can hear the pounding on the doors of the attackers. Ooh, tough stuff. Yeah, definitely there was some intense stuff. And there were some new angles and footage, I think, that we saw today that we hadn't seen previously. And you cannot you cannot minimize the seriousness of the attack. And it was I, – I'll, I'll never know how they all got in, how there was some more security around there. But there were some bad hooligans there, and we are lucky. I mean, if they got their hands on Pelosi, who knows? In AOC, who knows what they have done? Thank goodness they didn't. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I still don't think Donald Trump is culpable for the attack. He's certainly culpable for, for them being around and for them going to Congress. But um, 
but that was that was not a good day. And I, we 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 all saw it together. We all saw it together. When I had, I was actually lost in the woods near my house when I found out that they were trying to get in. And I was on the phone, and the guy said, "You got to get to a TV and watch this stuff. This is seriously they're trying to break in." I said, "They're trying to actually break in." And he said, "Yeah, they're at the doors. They're about to get in." I thought, "There's no possible way." And uh, or else I wouldn't have been wasting my time lost in the woods at the moment, but I was. I got out, as you can tell. But uh, yeah, that is tough. It, it's good. I think it's good for people to see just how serious and violent the attack was. Unfortunately, it's going to be distorted, and in the in the real substance, the seriousness of it will be diluted because we're dealing with politicians, and on the Republicans and the Democrats will be as craven as they can get away with. And that is nothing new. But that is it. But you know what? It's been a great day, too. I don't know if you got to see any of this down in Tampa Bay. It's the, not a duck boat parade, but it was a pro, uh, boat parade for the uh, Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. There's They had a ball. I, I, I don't know. It seems to me Tampa Bay is open for business. And there is some excellent video of Tom Brady, legless Tom Brady, uh, being essentially uh, carried off one of the boats at one point. At some, at another point, there's some great video of Brady throwing the Super Bowl trophy from one boat over the water to another boat. I thought it was fantastic, um, and I'm all uh, I'm all for it. They had a great day. They were all uh, pretty much lit there. They had a really good time. The coach Bruce Arians. I like this head coach. He also, of course, was out there. It, all of these guys reinforced the reputation that Florida has, and I I celebrated today. I'm glad somebody was having fun somewhere. The coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, gave a little bit of a speech, which was unfortunately eh, not safe for work. The best coaching staff in the NFL, and we damn sure got the best players in the NFL. <laughs> all right? And anybody that says running back, bullshit. All right, that's Kansas City's bullshit. We're going for two. <laughs> By the way, I bleeped that out after the fact. Tampa Bay TV carried it live, rolled the dice, and they lost. All right, we're going for two, and we ain't stopping. All right? We're going to keep this band together, and they know how to win. All right? I can't thank the players, the families, enough for all the support during this crazy-ass year that we had to put up with. All right? You beat COVID, and you beat every damn team we lined up against. So now the producers can see that somebody's sneaking behind him with an ice bucket. You're going to hear the, the producers whisper. All right. They're going to curse. Gonna and you did it the time. right way. Woo, yeah. Again? Ice went over him. Vita, I'm going to kick your ass. Where are you? <clears throat> that is, that was it. Bruce Arians having a good time in good. We need more people having a good time. I will take it any day of the week. I'm so, I was thrilled for the Buccaneers. And Brady and those guys, it's just, it was a positive story. It was an upset victory. Didn't see it happening. A lot of people didn't see it coming. Back to Washington, D.C., Peter Ducey, who has been doing a great job. He's asking aggressive questions. There's no doubt about that. But he's asking legit questions. These aren't about Peter Ducey. These are legit questions. Of course, the the guardians of the Biden administration considers them very hostile questions. But it's good that, they, that they're asked because this stuff means a lot to people. And as you're going to see when we read our letter in a moment, 
um, this the idea that schools not being open is having real severe effects on people. On schools, when President Biden talked for the last couple months, particularly during the transition, about reopening schools within the first 100 days, mm -hmm. why didn't he ever mention the small print that that was just going to be for one day a week as the goal? Well, again, the president uh, made a set a goal of reopening the majority of schools uh, within 100 days. And when you asked what that meant, I answered the question. So uh, we are, uh, that is the, that is not the ceiling. That is the. No, no. Uh, when you asked, I answered the question. Well, it's going to be 100 days. Well, but you said schools open, not, you know, one day a week, schools open. And not for, you know, what, you know, in, in mostly not in person, schools open. So, no, this is not true. Daniel Terrell, where are you, Daniel? Anything about schools opening? No, that is not accurate. Uh, that is the bar we're trying to leap over and exceed. And Yeah. <sighs> but they are not uh, leaping over and exceeding the bar of truth. Which is not, which is something we knew would happen. This is an administration of politicians, and she is a press secretary. The only reason I'm calling them out on these lies, as the uh, as the uh, progressive media would uh, call them, is because we were told that that mistruths and lying or uh, giving out disseminating false information was the uh, calling card of Trump solely and uniquely to the Trump administration, but it is not. Alas, it is not. So uh, that is um, simply not having it. By the way, you see it in the news? Springsteen got busted for a DUI, and he was arrested back in November for, in New Jersey. Bruce Springsteen. What kind of cop gives Bruce Springsteen a DUI in New Jersey? That's got to be somebody like under 30. Because I got to think, that guy is royalty in New Jersey. I mean, well, here's the other thing, too. He then films a commercial for Jeep, which played in the Super Bowl. We're only finding out about the DUI now, which is um, interesting. Who knows what happened there? But uh, I would think that, I, I mean, would David Ortiz get a DUI in Massachusetts? Maybe he would now. With, with, well, there's one of the things you wanted body cams. Boss can't get away now. I think he had a body cam. I'm not even sure. But... I don't know. Interesting article today to read as well. Um, let me just find this thing for you. Something that I sent to Alice that was just one of these things that's ridiculous. And to Toast. Um, Alice, where are you? There it goes. Oh, uh, oh, I forgot this. So... <laughs> I want to talk about the, um, the, oh, here we go. The NIH in news, NIH news, NIH calls for greater inclusion of pregnant and lactating people in COVID-19 vaccine research. Alice, what is a lactating person also known as? Um, a nursing mother. Ooh, no. Oh. Long-standing obstacles to include pregnant and lactating people in clinical research have led to this population now deciding whether or not to receive a SARS-CoV vaccine without the benefit of scientific evidence. Yada yada yada. Oh, so there you go. There's yeah, new... I forgot chest feeders in my um, right in my analysis there when I said nursing mother. So uh, forgive me that casual bigotry, and um, I guess 
I guess, yeah, we'll include the pregnant people and the lactating people and maybe people who menstruate or something. Right. Certainly not women, because that is uh, that does not nearly tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. So we played the audio when you um, intervened on behalf of your two-year-old, mm-hmm. our two-year-old. You, we played the audio of Peter Ducey and Jen Psaki, and Jen Psaki not uh, kind of avoiding the the um, the the public schools question based on what we played yesterday. Right. Ducey followed up on schools when President Biden talked for the last couple months, particularly during the transition, about reopening schools within the first 100 days, mm-hmm. why didn't he ever mention the small print that that was just going to be for one day a week as the goal? Well, again, the president uh, made a, set a goal of reopening the majority of schools uh, within 100 days. And when you asked what that meant, I answered the question. So uh, we are, uh, that, is the, that is not the ceiling. That is the, uh, that is the bar we're trying to leap over and exceed. And so the reason I play that again, and Allison, I'm not even sure if you heard that before, is in a minute, at, first we're going to get to the New York Times story that we've been promising that we get to for a couple of days. And then we're going to get to an email we got that really just, um, really just um, you know, stopped us uh, in our tracks uh, earlier. So Nicole Hannah-Jones, Alice, the much-heralded Nicole Hannah-Jones makes a bundle now. She's the toast of the town. She gets huge speaking fees. She is cultural royalty right now, but she's also been in the news recently. Um, so Nicole Hannah-Jones, 1619 Project, New York Times. So this is what I was uh, trying to get to the other night that we were interrupted by the kids. But um, basically, this is all the drama surrounding this guy that got fired from the New York Times for maybe saying the N-word or not appreciating the gravity of white supremacy or whatever on this trip he's a science reporter and he he got fired um so the interesting thing is to me the new york times um fired him after having a meeting with nicole hannah jones who's just you know another one of their editors at the time she's not like the head of hr or in charge of anything but she's i guess the the woke expert at the Times. Right. So so she's, I guess, in charge of when you're not sure whether or not to fire somebody for racism, that you have a meeting with somebody else who just works at the paper, and she's in charge of who gets fired and who doesn't, which that's interesting to me, and it was interesting to a lot of people, including a Washington Free Beacon reporter who uh, was writing a piece about this. His name's Aaron Sabarium, and... um, he reached out, as one does if one is a journalist, to Nicole Hannah-Jones for comment on the piece that he was writing. And she took his message, including his personal phone number, and posted it on her Twitter, screenshots of it on her Twitter, to make fun of him and laugh at him and whatever. And Which is certainly harassment, somewhat... Uh, it, it partial doxing. Uh, it's against the Twitter terms of use. You're not supposed to take people's personal information, right. like phone numbers, addresses, and post it without their express and permission. Something somebody in the media should would know to never do to another person in the media. Media right. people generally have to answer their phones because they're getting tips and handoffs, etc. You right. can't not do it. I mean, it's a it, as a journalist that would be a life changing thing. Right, and even I mean, some of the comments on the um on her tweet you know people were replying and saying lol he included his phone number thought you would actually call him shaking my head and she replied to that comment and said like 
you know, girl and did the the hand on face emoji or whatever. Like, so they're making fun of him for reaching out to her for comment, which I don't even understand what's so humorous about that in the first place. Over a legitimate issue. There's no reason to dunk on him over this. This is what civilized people do. Right. So she's dunking on him while having posted his personal information on her Twitter, which I believe she has quite a few Twitter followers uh, after the whole 1619 Project stuff. I didn't check exactly how many she has, but a lot. Anyway, and um, she he complained about it, and she left it up for almost 48 hours. She left it up for 47 hours. And this is verified by, you know, the... Twitter archives, you can see how long it was up for. It was up as of 9 p.m. that night. And then finally, uh, by 9.30, the New York Times had emailed him back and said, um, you know, oh, sorry, she took it down. It was inadvertent. She didn't mean to. But she was clearly aware the tweet contained his personal information because she was talking to other people about it in the comments hours and hours before. And apparently she doesn't know. So, you know, her statement said... um, you know, oh, I inadvertently included some personal information in a screenshot or whatever. But um, it's uh, not exactly clear that that was inadvertent at all. And so no. she's now gone through and deleted all the tweets and threads and everything. But um, it's really kind of an incredible story to me that the Times is being run this way. First of right. all, that Nicole Hannah-Jones is in charge of who's hired Of and the fired. racist <laughs> tribunals. Right. Which is, yeah, she should not be. This is an opinion person who's bad at journalism, who's been put in charge of or, or, or been seen as the, the commissar of, uh, of right. racist, uh, you know, judgments. Right. It would be like having Ross Dalthout firing people for saying things that are offensive about Catholicism. Right. right? You would like- have, if there was, if there was th- thought that there was a racist incident, you would have human resources in there. Unless there's been an internal coup and the mob... Now runs the paper. Exactly. Which <laughs> is precisely what has happened. And the fact that she was able for 48 hours in a total lack of professionalism to tweet out uh, the phone, the personal phone number of a reporter from another publication and just leave it up. And nobody at, at, the, at the New York Times did anything or asked her to take it down for that long is just shocking to me. I mean, can you imagine? What if you, Tom a globe person reached out to you for comment about something and you tweeted out their personal phone number. How long do you think you would still be employed? No, it certainly would be fired or, 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 or I mean, the globe would be writing pieces about it first of all. Oh yeah. No, especially now it would be seen as some kind of uh, techno terrorism. Right. I mean, that's, that's not, it's not professional behavior by anybody. No, certainly by a huge editor at a huge publication. You've got a, Essentially, you've got jihadis who have taken over, and they've taken over the New York Times, and these these uh, hooligans really decide uh, extremists get to make the rules now, and so this kind of behavior is seen as a you know a yes queen behavior when it's really just thug behavior that that nobody anywhere should be involved in. It's it's ridiculous, and also also Nicole Hannah Jones is not good at anything. Right, her biggest. Work product piece, her great masterpiece, mm-hmm. is a, a fraudulent and uh, incredibly flawed piece that the paper itself had to go in and change because its factuality is uh, it, it lacking. And it is, is factuality a word? Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess. Well, I I'm guess missing so. a lot of yeah. stuff today. Okay. Um, anyway, it, it's crap. 
you know. Right. And, and really, she should have been let go for bad work product, and any editor would have been. But they're scared mm-hmm. to question anything she says because they're scared of the woke tsunami uh, coming and crushing, clapping over them and crushing them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that so is that. I'm I not did gonna... just forward you an email. If you okay. Okay. Um, but in any case, yeah, I was just this is why I wanted to try and get to this the other night because it's just it's such a you know, a an indictment of the state of journalism right now that this is going on and at the New York Times of all places, it just seems like um, you know, the like you said, it's like the inmates are running the asylum right now in terms of journalism. It's it's kind of shocking the state we're in and you know, I I don't know what happens now to these publications. I assume that now that the bad orange man is gone and can't even tweet anymore, that a lot of these um, that a lot of these beats are going to dry up for for these publications, and that the subscriptions are going to dry up for you know not just the New York Times but the Washington Post too. Like, democracy is not dying in darkness anymore. So I don't know how much they how much they can justify the subscription prices anymore. You know, it was really Trump that put a lot of these um, people on on the map in terms of, you know, people wanting their coverage and everything. So, so I don't know. The Times appears to be in a shambles. I don't know that there is a manager on duty right now at the at the New York Times. But No, um, no. And by the way, a little bit of an update. We will... Uh, we will need to we can't read that exact email we've just found out moments ago because the exact email would expose the person who wrote it right but so, let me just tell you that or you can just yeah tell just i want to say a couple things in general terms because this was a really thoughtful email that we received from somebody who's going through a lot during the pandemic and in particular brought raised some issues that you know i hadn't not necessarily thought about because it's not our personal situation it's not something that you really see in the news talked about a lot which is that, you know, this particular person was pretty okay with the way the schools had been going, but um, has a more complex family situation, um, you know, with kids going back and forth between two different households and having issues with that and having to, like, rework custody agreements and all this stuff. And, it, you know, you and I aren't thinking about it in our lives, Tom, because we don't have that particular situation. But it really made me think about how, like, every pronouncement – by Fauci. Masks, no masks. This is how long you should quarantine for after being here. This is, you know, how many people can be in the house and how many households can mix at this and that. And, you know, all these kind of recommendations from the CDC that are changing day by day by day, going back and forth, are impacting people's real lives, particularly people who have complicated situations where you have kids that need to be, based on legal agreements that have been set out by courts, you know, going back and forth from one house to another house, you know, and, and you know, can they go to this house? What if the house is in another state? Can they go here? Can they go there? What if there's older parents living in the home, you know? And, right. and, 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 and in particular, this stuff, now you're going to need to, because now there's updated medical guidance from the government you're needing to go back to court spend money on legal fees to rework these agreements every time there are new updates to these things so that's money out of your pocket there are complications with parents being able to do stuff maybe they have risk factors maybe they don't want your kid when they're with you going to you know this school or these sports or whatever seeing these people and 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 the situation that that puts families in, you know, it's it's money, it's legal problems, it's 
family contention problems. It's health concerns for people that might have older parents and they don't know what a kid is doing when they're with somebody else. And all these don't pertain to that particular email that we got about it. But, you know, it was just this this particular person, because of all this legal contention, financial contention, family problems that is happening around this, has a teen daughter that is self-harming over it. Um, you know, and all the problems going back and forth between the different families. And it's so tragic and and sad. And it really isn't just the schools, you know, as this person was saying, that's affecting young people. But but the whole situation surrounding this and whenever everything is like upended and unstable in this way and the government is demanding you do X, Y, Z, that um, that that this trickles down and has a real impact on people's lives and, and hurts people. You know, I, I don't know. What are what are your thoughts on it, Tom? What did you want to say about it? So I think that and this would be something that that uh, that really just parents would probably know or, or maybe maybe sibling. I don't that one of the horrific nightmares you have as a parent is the either the realization or um suspecting that your child is hurting and in pain but won't tell you and can't tell you mm-hmm. and unable to express it somehow and that is the feeling as a parent of helplessness uh, when you, you think or you know that something's going on and the child is hurting is is terrible and for some reason, some kids, including a couple of ours, are mm-hmm. really reticent to say anything when they're hurt, even when it's problem, simple things. Right. Well, now these kids, and we've got four in their, you know, they can keep each other company. We are very lucky. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. now these kids are going through something in a lot of places with, depending on your situation, they're going through their day to day has less freedom of movement than John Gotti's did in prison, right? You know, it, it, there are a lot of people, and in prison is something that is obviously takes a huge toll on adults. Mm-hmm. But these are kids, and kids don't they don't see the oh, there's a living room now. I'm in the kitchen now. I'm at standing on the back porch now that. Those all those places don't count as new and interesting places. Those right. now, since when you're told you can't leave an area, you're in a you're imprisoned. It's mm-hmm. not as if so. As far as they know, and now it's been almost a year, and for a kid, a mm-hmm. year is a hell of a long time. Oh my gosh, yeah. And as far as they know, this is now life is to be stuck mm-hmm. here, having to cover your face. Can't say hi to your friends. Can't have these drive-by birthday parties. Doing none of the things that a kid would usually do. Mm-hmm. We've compartmentalized their lives and made them so they that their regimen is super. Um, it, it, it's it, it's super insulated, and it's buffered by all these different measures, etc. Right. I so mean, we're yeah, I realize they're not in a Victorian or in so. We've, it's it's a it's a very tough thing, especially for I mean kids. 
kids in the West, certainly, for the most part, and for mm-hmm. most of the world, um, have it good. And now, to cloister somebody for this long, mm-hmm. and to be given hope, and parents have been given hope, this is why the Fauci stuff and the dissemination that we're hearing from the White House sucks. Right. Because you're given hope, and parents immediately disseminate this hope to their kids. Mm-hmm. So remember 15 days to oh, bend yeah. the curb? Two weeks. And they, at that point, the kids were excited to be off of school right. for two And then weeks. it could be a month, could be this, could be that, and then again, and then, and then mm-hmm. being told that, you know, I'm sorry about that. The reason why all of this has happened and all of this tumult and the reason why you're stuck not being able to play with your best friend or even see your best friend who's going to look a little different now when you hang out together. She or he might be, this four-year-old might be a five-year-old now and is right. taller and different, has new interests and different interests. Personality might have changed. It's like everybody, a lot of these kids are being in the movie Castaway. Um, and how, there's no, what do you tell a person? Now, I mean, you were telling them last week, but the numbers look good. So maybe this will end soon. This week, today, we're officially up to two masks. That's the official guideline. Yeah. Like you cannot, you cannot have this be a thing. And then for kids to look at TV and say, "Wait a second, everybody's in the streets celebrating. How come I can't be with my friends celebrating? Mm-hmm. How do you?" Yeah. Ce- well, yeah, and it's all so much more complicated and magnified if. Um, you know, you're in a situation co-parenting with somebody who might not share your same priorities or or values about what to do about that situation. I mean, like one of the ways in which we're lucky is you and I are on the same page mm-hmm. and we've found ways for our children to like be able to socialize and be a little bit like um, protected from some of the crazy impacts of this. But what if you have a co-parent who demands as part of your custody agreement that your kid can't see such an can't see friends while they're at your house because it would put their elderly parents at risk or something. You know, like what if I said, no, absolutely not. You know, and we, and we made the, what if we divorced and made the courts work it out. Right. And, and fought about this, about how many masks our kids could, I mean, can you imagine the psychological impact on the kids of like, of that kind of argument, legal argument going on with both your parents fighting about it to a judge no. to order who you can see and can't see and what house you need to be at. And I mean... That's a great point. Great point, Allison. And actually, I shouldn't have... I misspoke when I said that most kids have it pretty well. No, I mean, in the sense that compared to how it could be. But you're right. Just imagine it's a single mother who's got to go to work, who now, for those hours, can't go to work. But was supposed to work. What if she still has to go to work? She's got a job where right. she's got to be there on time. So it's not that easy, you know. Mm-hmm. Nannies are in demand now. Uh, yeah. And so, what if you? So, what do you have to or install your kids somewhere, or hope that there's a um, that the the person that you get on nanny.com or whatever is um, is kosher and is yeah. cool and, and it's not is not a as mean cheap bastard? as whatever whatever childcare you have right. before the pandemic. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. like. There's a thousand million ways that this has like this ripple effect to people and like the the effects continue to magnify and the longer it goes on and the more they change the guidance from this to that to the next thing, whatever, the more it continues to impact people's lives. I mean, like it's I don't know. It's so toxic. Yeah. And like I said, we've we've got four little kids, so it's great. But I can imagine if they're a lonely, an only child right now. 
where dad's still got to work and mom's got to go somewhere and they they pass in the night essentially and maybe there's a sitter mm-hmm. somewhere and especially if they're afraid and many parents as we can tell are scared to death they've done a great job right. screening a lot of them i mean you've got a kid who's been in, essentially in in uh, in isolation now mm-hmm. for 9 months right. with little bits of hope here of an only child jesus mm-hmm. how do you undo what you did there how do you do it yeah. I mean, it's not everybody has all of the choices that even we have, um, yeah. and it's um, this letter that we got from this person. He has, or she has, uh, a a child who is in, who before mm-hmm. this hit, and this is for so many people, is in a tough situation where different life events have made things not ideal on a good day, where it's already Mm -hmm. tough. And for now, for COVID to freeze everybody in place, in sometimes the worst parts of these tough situations with kids is terrible. It's a nightmarish prospect. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's why this has got to stop. We've got to stop. I don't want to hear somebody should fire Fauci immediately. I don't want to hear about double masks. Enough of that crap. No. Mm-hmm. Anybody pushing in that direction needs to be said told go to hell. Yeah, and Get we're out now of the official. Room. The CDC has announced today Twitter right. did a big Twitter moment announcement about it where it gives you a notification. The CDC has officially found that two masks are good. Like, okay, well, thank you. That's great. I mean, it, but there's no there's no evidence at an epidemiological level that it does anything. They're putting them on mannequins and seeing how protective they are. And largely, they're saying that it's because of fit. So that's what they're saying, is that if you wear the surgical mask that has the good filtration, and then you put a cloth mask over it to kind of hold it close to your face and keep there from being gaps, then that's good. But, like, if you're going to have gaps, then just don't bother. Because if you if you have gaps around the edges of your mask, then forget about it. So that's what they're saying the two masks does, which is different even than what Fauci was saying about the two masks, you know, being two physical barriers or whatever. They're saying that having a second mask helps it fit tighter to your face. So, I mean, who knows? I don't know. I don't. I'm over the whole thing. So <laughs> I'm done. We have to end on a positive note, Alice. What is going on positively out there? Uh, Anything? Uh, Tom Brady got drunk. I don't know. Yes, we talked is, about that. I, is he even allowed to have alcohol? I mean, I guess maybe he's a lightweight because he only eats almonds or whatever that he eats. I know he doesn't eat any, like, processed sugar. <laughs> he's never had a strawberry in his life or something. <laughs> Remember that article about him? Yes, maybe absolutely. Maybe that's why the alcohol hits him hard. Uh, Larry you know? Flint of Hustler has died. He was 78 years old. A very prominent Democrat and fundraiser, if you don't remember, in during impeachment, as a matter of fact, of Bill Clinton, Larry Flint was out trying to out... Uh, Republicans and giving putting bounties on Republicans if you could find anything on them. Uh, so goodbye, Larry. And what else do we have, Alice? Let's see. Uh, mm. We have begun a Shattuck workout every morning. That's true. That I is hope I, I, although I looked fatter than ever on Callahan's show today, which I actually, and this is my low point, because I actually was saying to Dave, like, Dave, like the, the more I move this camera back, it doesn't care. He's got this program when I'm on with uh, with Cal- Jerry Callahan, the Jerry Callahan mm-hmm. podcast. You should listen to it. That even if I move this camera 
back my I my thing it sucks back in. It to sucks be back close in. in on you. Boom. Right. So <laughs> moon face is immediately back there, but Jerry's face isn't sucked back in. This isn't sucked back in. But mm. that is really when I need a beating when I'm blaming cameras <laughs> for my situation. But so we're anyway, fixing that. So, so we, we are. are now the in. And I suggest if you haven't tried this, you guys check this out. We are doing this uh, thing. What are we doing, Alice? We are, there's a skinny, good-looking woman who makes me sweat and cry. Right. For, have, so I uh, looked around on YouTube for fun workouts to do. So, um, and we, I found the Sydney Cummings YouTube channel, and she's great. She has about uh, like thousands of workouts on there. I don't even know how many, but there's all kinds of ones. So I just pick one that's like low impact, no equipment required. And a, like a 30-minute one. But she has ones that are like an hour up to an hour. She has 20-minute ones, hour ones. She comes them out with new ones every day at 5 a.m. I don't know how she makes so many. But anyway, she's awesome. The workouts are um, they're hard enough to make you hurt, but not so hard that we can't do them. Like <laughs> so If it required pull-ups, then we wouldn't get a workout because there wouldn't be any pull-ups happening. But they're good. The kids can kind of follow along and kind of do the moves. It's great. So we've been doing that. And um, yes, I'm really sore. What about you, Tom? Um, don't throw it to me, Alice. But I have Keep like... Okay, well. But like lots of lunges and um, squats and like bicycles and things like that, like good body weight things. So she has ones that require equipment, but um, I was looking for no equipment ones because it's just easy. And, you know, where there's six of us, I don't want to be trying to distribute weights to the kids. Or but whatever it is, it's a lot way. of fun. And the, a couple of kids just uh, bang out of it early because they, they don't want to <laughs> do it. I don't blame them. It's all pain. Why would they want to? They live mm-hmm. in a, they have a world of cupcakes, etc. cetera. So, um, so that's our new friend, Sydney, on YouTube. And... <laughs> Yeah, we should get her on here to talk about it. So mm-hmm. we're doing that. And actually, I got to tell you, as a fat guy, I used to do fat camp in my old town. And then I got into, because I had gotten into good enough shape where I had I was kind of strong where I needed to be. I could jog and do sprints. And what are those when you, when you walk and then run? Intervals. Intervals. And those were really good. I was losing weight with those. Um, and there's nothing like getting sustained cardiovascular and strength workout for like mm-hmm. 45 minutes, whatever, it resets you for the day. It like yeah. like they say, it lights a fire that lasts all day. There's something to that. And mm-hmm. I haven't had that for a few years. And I, while, while I was able to do it, my happiness level was just through the roof. It just, this whatever endorphin, whatever it was, mm-hmm. just made me happy constantly. And, you know, since we've moved, we've, it's been very unstable for us for the last couple of years. Not only have we had lead remediation for about seven months, which means last year there was construction crews in and out and in and out. It was stressful right. as hell, and we had to leave the house sometimes. My work moved so that sometimes my commute was over two hours uh, each way, and uh, it was just hellacious. And so we've had... No time to do anything but get fat. Right. Really. We basically moved into and out of this house twice in the last two years. Yes. And so, it's been nuts. <laughs> right. So we needed the, this. And so we're doing it as a family. In the, It's not pretty to watch. I mean, you do a good job, <laughs> Alice. But I can't like get out on a wood floor of my knees uh, mm-hmm. with ease very much without Yeah, risk. we need to get you a good thick mat. Yes. Nice thick mat. Something with, mm-hmm. that's filled with um, stuff from Giza, I hope. Okay. Um, get me the the nice pillow, the David the good Huggs. pillow, yeah. David Hunt's good. So pillow. we're doing this, and so that's it's good, and I'm glad we're doing something good. Hopefully, we'll stick with it every day. So two mm-hmm. things we're doing good every day consistently: one, the podcast, mm-hmm. 
And I'm glad that we do that because I love it and I love our listeners and they're awesome and we love their feedback. And this, by the way, I won't say your name, but thanks again for that email. And please, there may be a rewrite coming that's safe yeah. to read. But also, let um, us know. if you, Yeah, if you, if you have you, stories of how the pandemic's impacted you in ways beyond what we're talking about, you know, um, you know the way these policies really have an impact on your real world life, please let us know and, um, you know, put them in a format where it's okay. It won't get you in any trouble for us to, to read them or talk about them. And, um, and yeah, because we'd love to keep sharing. And I think that a lot of times the eggheads, as Tom calls them, who are in charge of these policies, who think up these things to keep everyone so safe, like don't, they don't spend any time thinking like, how is this going to affect somebody's real life? How is this going to affect somebody's teenage daughter? How is this going to impact them? Like they don't care. It doesn't, it never comes back to haunt them. So to them, it's, they're just a hero and they're wonderful and lovely. So they, they never think about it. So yeah, please tell us. And, and we'd love to keep sharing the stories and talking about, um, you know, what people are going through because it's not all like we came together and it's so great and yay for the first responders. Like it's, there's, there's other stuff going on that you don't see on the news. And now yeah. I'm being asked by a child who wants me to remove her tooth. It's, oh, it's Jesus, Alice, loose. don't do that. I can do it on YouTube Alice is for a our, sick person. Our Guys, this is, I told you, you know that she killed the, the, the rooster. She also loves tearing teeth out of kids' faces. Tear- it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I'm, I want nothing to do Somebody with this. Somebody needs to be tough when your that, kid you can't eat to. food. When they can't eat food no. because their tooth Alice, is hanging is, out of their mouth by Alice, a you're going to need a lawyer. Somebody. You're going to need a lawyer. I would look out before you say anything more. These are crimes against humanity, you <laughs> no, sick person. No, it's not. A kid is asking you to do <sighs> something about their tooth that's No, you know what it is? They know mouth. it's your birthday, and they know you're sick, and they that you love this kind of thing. I don't so get enjoyment out of it. Oh, please. <laughs> Sally, get in front of the microphone here and tell us here. You, you really want that microphone right over there. You really want your mother to rip your tooth out? Last time she didn't, I lost it in the snow. Well, the, losing it in the snow is not the point. The point is, isn't it weird having a, another human being rip your tooth out? You a little bit. <laughs> Once I tied a knot around my tooth. Oh, okay, okay, enough of this. This is, I, maybe it's the Shattuck women here who are just sadistic. I apologize to everybody. It is Alice's birthday, though, Sally, 36 years old, right? I just said all my candles. That's exactly right. Good girl, Sally. All right, everybody, send those emails to us. I appreciate it, Anson. Hold on. Send those emails to us. I know we sputtered out of control here about 27 minutes in, but it's okay. like, sometimes in life you sputter out of control. Anyway, yeah. we appreciate it. We'll be back uh, in control tomorrow, but uh, and there'll be plenty more to talk about. Thank you for hanging out. Alice, tell the people what you wore. Um, you forgot the one, two, three, four. That's the only thing. So, <laughs> um, anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Barn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Barn Barrel Podcast. If you prefer to contact us by email, that That's is Podcast um, at gmail.com. You can find our YouTube channel, which is Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel on YouTube. You can like the videos. You can subscribe to the channel or to wherever you listen to podcasts. You can write us a review. All those good things. We appreciate you so much. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us every night. It's really fun. I'm not a cat. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.